subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. All right, again, we got good games on starting Thursday. Again, the defending Super Bowl champs, Kansas City. Pat Mahomes and company trying to repeat once again. We've seen what he's done over the years as the Kansas City quarterback. couple new faces in the wide receiver corps. Still got Travis Kelsey, who is his favorite target. I've already made my picks, Tommy. I actually did it during the break. For those who don't know, we have a new pick'em challenge at hitthatline.com. Just go to hitthatline.com slash picks. I made mine during the break. I got a pretty good idea of what games I was going to pick and where I was going to go this weekend. But this is easy. Kansas City wins on Thursday night. Yeah, I'm about to get Kansas City picked in my picks. And uh, hey, we'll talk more about that pro pick'em contest here in just a minute. Something brand new we're doing starting today. But yeah, I mean, it... Uh, um, I think that's a great place and a great venue to kick off the season. And, you know, Kansas City, Detroit, I don't know, Detroit hadn't really been, you know, a, a stalwart here lately in the NFL, but uh, you hope to, uh, to see a great game on Thursday night. All right, let's go through some of the NFL slate. Atlanta hosting Carolina is something I want to ask Tom about. Bryce Young, first game as the starter for the Panthers. I'm taking the home team in Atlanta. I got I think the Falcons in that one, too. Cincinnati going to Cleveland. I got Joe Burrow and company winning that game. I got Cleveland winning, yeah. Deshaun Watson at home. Uh, Jacksonville traveling to Indianapolis. First game for Anthony Richardson, former Florida quarterback. I've got Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson going in there and getting to win. Indy's a mess. Give me Jacksonville. Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield, the starter, going to Minnesota to take on Kirk Cousins and former LSU wide receiver Justin Jefferson. I've got the home team, Minnesota. In, all the way. in Minneapolis. Tennessee, I've got some Tommy, I've got some Arkansas friends going to this game. They all got their Burks jerseys for this game in New Orleans as the Titans take on New Orleans. I'm going Tennessee in this one. I'm going New Orleans in this one. This is, with the home team. That's a good game. San Francisco going to Pittsburgh. Brock Purdy, now the starter. No more Jimmy Garoppolo. No more Trey Lance. I think they go on the road and beat the Steelers, unfortunately, Man. to our friend Phil Elson. This was a toss-up for me. I mean, I took San Francisco, I believe. I believe I took San Francisco in this game, made my picks a couple of days ago, but uh, yeah, I mean that, that's a that's a cross country game to start the year. That's not an easy draw for Pittsburgh. Arizona taking on Washington. Arizona's trying to take right now. I'm taking Bruce Dan's squad, the Washington Commanders. Commanders for me as well. Houston at Baltimore. C.J. Stroud also his first starting job. Lamar Jackson back. I'm taking the guy that's been around for a little bit. I'm taking the Ravens and Drew Barrett's favorite team. I'm with you, Baltimore for me, please. Green Bay is going to go to Chicago. That's a 3:25 game on Fox. Jordan Love does not get a 
victory in his first start this season. Chicago gets this one. Uh, I've got Green Bay in this one. Vegas at Denver. Jimmy Garoppolo in his first start for the the, uh, the Raiders against Sean Payton and the newly retooled Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson. I've actually got Vegas winning this one on the road. I believe I picked Denver in this one. That should be a good game. Philadelphia, the defending Super Bowl runner-up going to New England to take on Bill Belichick and company. I've got Jalen Hurts and company getting that first win. Uh, same thing there. Tua Tagovailoa going to Los Angeles to take on Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I've got Herbert and uh, and the crew winning this one over a guy that can't seem to stay healthy. And he'll be healthy for this game, but he's bulked up a little bit. But I've got Los Angeles in this one. Uh, Chargers, please. Seattle taking on Los Angeles. The Seahawks again host in with Geno Smith, assuming they're starting role after last season. Got a contract extension. I'm going to take Seattle against yeah. the fleeting Rams. Or the- Seattle at home, 12th man. They're hard. Up, they're hard to beat up there. I, I, I think the odds that are on our pro pick'em contest test for like 82% to win so give me uh give me Seattle big game on Sunday night the Dallas Cowboys traveling to an NFC East opponent New York to take on Daniel Jones I've actually got the Cowboys winning this one on the road yeah I've took uh, the Cowboys as well Buffalo at New York again Monday night football hopefully we have some better matchups this season on Monday night I've got Josh Allen and company defeating Aaron Rodgers in what I think is going to be a high-scoring affair in week one of the season. Uh, Buffalo, who I got in that game. That is all the the picks this weekend. Of all the games, we've got some good ones. Which one are you most intrigued by? Uh, Cowboys, just because it's probably got the most uh, local interest. Uh, I I just don't know how good the game you're going to is going to be. I I hope the Lions can... To make that a matchup for four quarters. Chiefs are only about a a, t- a little over a touchdown favorite. So I, I'm, there's not huge. I mean, ten or twelve points is a big, massive line yeah. generally in the NFL. Well, I, I'm excited. I got our tickets yesterday. We're sitting in the end zone section 111. Tickets in parking pass. They kept going down. I just think it's the Lions. Like when you hear the Lions, it's not a marquee opponent. And maybe it's Thursday night. Yeah, it's Thursday night. Maybe so. it's not that big of a deal. Here was Mahomes. And he was talking about focusing on the Lions rather than getting asked about a Super Bowl repeat. I'm not necessarily study other teams. I try to learn from uh, what we did last time when we were trying to repeat, obviously getting to the Super Bowl and losing, but uh, just trying to learn from that stuff, take the positives, and uh, learn from uh, what we didn't do that to get us that second championship in that year. Definitely looking at that, but not necessarily other teams. Kansas City is going to be one of the favorites this year. Josh Adler, excuse me, Joe Burrow is actually a favorite to win the MVP over Patrick Holmes, even with that calf injury he had in the offseason, but this should be a fun, a fun year, and a lot of pro hogs that we're going to talk about later on as well. All right, so if you're, if you like picking games, then you need to get in on our pro pick'em contest. We just sent some emails out. If you've been in our March Madness contest where you've done the bracket, you probably got an email like 30 minutes ago. Don't just dump that as spam. Click on the link or go to our website, hitthatline.com. Click on Pro Pick'em up at the top. It's brought to you by Harlan Honda and by Moix RV. It's uh, your chance to pick all the games. It's not against the spread. Just pick the winners. There's also a survivor pool. Uh, myself, Ty, Christian, Ruskin and Zach, Phil and Matt, we're all going to be picking games. You can see our picks, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have weekly prizes, an overall grand prize. We're going to go for now at the start of the season all the way through the Super Bowl. So uh, we're going to have some fun all the way into February, into the Super Bowl with this. And it's brought to you by our friends at Heartland Honda for over 25 years. 
Uh, Heartland Honda Power Sports and Marine has been your trusted source for thrills and excellence. And uh, you can explore the uh, the great natural state on ATVs, motorcycles, and marine equipment. Your journey starts here at Heartland Honda in Northwest Arkansas. And by Moix RV, they're bringing family and friends together. They've been doing it since 1976. Uh, check out their new location at the Hot Springs Landing. It's uh you can see your old friend Wes Thompson there as well. Dealership features top manufacturers, and uh, you're going to find uh, that they've got uh, great pre-owns as well. They provide parts and service and superior customer service as well. Uh, your chance to win great gift cards and a grill and more. We're going to tell you all about it as the week unfolds and we get ready for the NFL. Make those picks now. Hit that line.com in our Pro Pick'em Contest. And again, it takes like three minutes to do. It's, yeah, it's, it's not against the spread or anything. We're just picking winners. Yeah, it's not hard to do now, at all. The survivor pool, I don't know how many people have played in a survivor pool before. A lot of fun. Uh, you get to pick one team a week that you think is going to win. All they got to do is win by, by a point. I mean, just win the game. But once you say you pick the Chiefs this week, I think the Chiefs are going to beat the Eagles or beat the Lions. That's fine. But once you pick the Chiefs, you can't pick them again the rest of the year. So you, that knocks you out of that. So you kind of got to have some strategy to it about looking at the schedule and when you want to pick. So there's a survivor pool and just picks and. There's points as we go along, and we'll tabulate the winner. So great to get in early and get going here on uh, on week one. Yeah, and uh, it should be a, a fun season ahead. I cannot wait. Survivor, for those who have not played, is so much fun. And like I so said, we are not picking against the spread. Yeah, so, it's just games overall. So if you pick the Chiefs and then they lost that week when you picked them, then you're out of the pool. I mean, so it's, it's, it's in the true essence of the word for those that have never played a game like that. It's surviving. You just gotta, you just gotta figure out how to survive because once, once your team that you pick loses, you're out. Yeah. Survive in advance. And again, we're excited to do it this season. All right. If you want to call or text us on the McClarty Daniel hotline, you can do that again. Our number is eight, seven, seven, three, seven, seven, six, nine, six, three, William Jonesboro brings up having a competent quarterback backup in Jacoby Criswell is an absolute blessing. He really likes the fact that you seem to have a better spot at this year. Now, again, you didn't have an incompetent quarterback last year. Well, he couldn't throw. He wasn't. I mean, he could still get. I mean, he still kept you in the game against LSU. He lost that game, what, 13 to 10? I mean, he kept you in. I mean, when called upon... he wasn't. T- we've had worse. We put it that way. A lot worse. They. I mean, the, the LSU. They, I mean, they, I mean let's not they, like you know. They yanked him for Fortin. He didn't. He didn't do anything in that game. The Mississippi State game. He had some flashes. That was the. If you want to point to a more something, the LSU game. He didn't do anything. He turned the ball over a couple times. He couldn't throw. Like he wouldn't throw the ball. And I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Jacoby Criswell is the second coming of Tyler Wilson as your backup quarterback. But I, th- I think the 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 thing the point that Chuck has been making is. Is I think the best point is he's the heir apparent. When when Ryan Mallett's time was up, you didn't worry about who's next. There was a succession plan. I think that's what Criswell creates for you here. Perhaps for next year is a succession plan. Yeah, let's hope. Forsby was not a succession plan. In fact, you know, I, I won't go as far as saying incompetent, but he didn't even win the starting job at. At Texas State. Yeah, to beat out. He got beat out by JT Finley. All right, let's go to the phone lines where our friend Brent in Stuttgart is waiting. Waiting, Brent, welcome into the morning rush, man. Man, before I get started, I want to tell you, I'm, I'm fixing to get, when I get off the go, I'm going on your, on the website and signing up for your uh, pro football pick'em. Do it. That, that, uh, now, 
when your team loses in the suicide, he called it the suicide. It's survivor, right? but it, it's been called that before, I think. So, but but uh, that once your team loses, you can't pick them ever again. And when you're they're out, no. If your no. if your team loses, you're out of the survivor. Yeah. If you pick a team and they win, like I, for example, I picked the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't pick if they win on Saturday. If they win on Thursday, I can't pick the Kansas City Chiefs as my survivor pick any other week of the NFL season. You start running out of teams at some point. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you do, so your survivor team, you don't have to once you pick one, you don't have to stay with that same one, or do you? No, you can't. So, like, like he's saying, if you pick Kansas City on Thursday to beat the Lions in your survivor pick, you're done picking Kansas City the rest of the season in the regular season. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. He, gotcha. There's some strategy involved about, hey, I, I really like Kansas City, but maybe this isn't the week to play that card. You got to figure out. You get what is it? Thirty-two teams. You got to pick one each week. You you essentially got to figure out what order you want to put the eighteen in. So there's some strategy involved. Oh, I got you. I I got it now. I understand yeah. it. It's, but, fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Wouldn't it? Is, you know, there's one family I'd hate to be in college football this week, this past from this past weekend. Do you know who that is? Moore's family. Oh, no question I'd hate to be the Morris family. I mean, when's the last time Chandler and uh, and uh, uh, what's his daddy's name? He used to be the coach of the Razorbacks. Chadwick. Chadwick, yeah. Yeah, Chadwick, when's the last time they won a college football game? <laughs> I don't know. Chandler lost this weekend at TCU, and Chad and company lost I- at Clemson last night. Hey, Chad's going to be the downfall of Dabo Sweeney. I'm just going to tell you, Dabo needs to tell his his fan base that uh, uh, that uh, what uh, the court Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence aren't coming through that door. Yeah, they looked bad last night. They were in They look bad. They look bad. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, and they look bad. And uh, really proud of the Hogs. How we played Saturday. We took care of business. Like we needed to. Uh, I'm really. I don't know how much better a test we'll get from Kent State this this week because, from what I heard, they got no returning starters on the offensive line. And I mean, Central Florida with John Wright, probably beat them fifty-six six if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but it's a. Hey, Ty, have a good time in Kansas City, brother. Thanks, buddy. I'm, I'm excited to go with my dad for that. And not only does Kent State not have a single starting returner on the offensive line, they don't have a single returning offensive player from last year. They lost like 56-6 to to UCF, and he mentioned John Rice Plumley, the former Ole Miss quarterback. UCF nearly racked up 400 rushing yards on Kids Day. This is a bad football team. Coach can say whatever he wants in the press conference. He's got to be respectful. I don't. This is a terrible football team. You should maul these guys on Saturday. There should be no pushback whatsoever from this team you go up against. I mean, you're nearly a 40-point favorite. You are a bigger favorite this Saturday than you were against an FCS opponent this past week. This is a terrible football team. Is it 38th the line? 30 and a half. Yep. Bet Saracen app. Uh, Do they cover? That's the question. Ty, does Arkansas cover? 
38 and a half? Well, I, I... Can you win by five and a half touchdowns? Do I need to bite my tongue after? Like, it's, you and me didn't think they would cover this past week, and they did pretty handily, 56 to 13, several points to spare. I feel like if they say they're going to cover, they're only going to win by, like, five touchdowns <laughs> this weekend. They're going to win. I mean, there, there's no... points. There's no question, but like you said, I mean, you got to score... You can't score five touchdowns in a field goal because that's just 38. You've got to score, as you say... Six well, touchdowns. But, but the defense also scored you a touchdown. Yeah, they did. This past weekend. I think this might be a week that special teams and Satania maybe scores you some points. I think you're going to see Cam Little get a chance to get on the board. I don't know how, you know, that'll be one or two opportunities. I don't know, but he didn't even get a chance to attempt a field goal. I would imagine there will be, you know, at least uh, the desire. Now, you'd like to never stall a drive out. And maybe he doesn't yeah. get a shot. That, that'd be ideal, but I think he'll get a shot at some point, I'd say. So. Um, Thirty-eight and a half, man. That's a, that's a lot of points. It's a big, uh, it's, it's a, a big, big num- number, big number to overcome if you're the football team. And again, against an FBS team. Yeah, you know? your your coach again, Sam Pittman, talked about this week is more about Arkansas. This week is about the Razorbacks getting better from week one to week two. You're going to see some improvements in a, in a bunch of different areas. I don't know how much improvement Kent State and company are going to have when they walk into Fayetteville, but I mean, you walk in as a thirty-eight point under, thirty-eight and a half point underdog. That is a that's a differential you don't want to be associated with. Yeah. Chuck and Greenwood text in on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Maybe the running game will be better against Kent State. There's no it maybe, Chuck. Yeah, there's no maybe to that. They will be better. They will rush more than I think 2.9 yards per carry. They will rush more than I think 102, 107 yards, whatever it was. It will be vastly different than what you saw this past Saturday. I expect Brady. Why, why will it be different? Well, I expect though? Brady Latham to be back. That's one of the things. You've got some guys, again, that were getting their first start this past Saturday. They've got some college experience under their belt. Those are two areas. I I don't know if you're going to run KJ 10-plus times, but I I think he might run more than five. There's just some areas, and they probably got laid into this week. Coach can – I know that he doesn't want to bring the skies falling approach, which it's not, but I guarantee you Cody Kennedy and Sam Pitt were were furious about how their offensive line played. He didn't show that in the press conference, but – the fact of the matter is, you did not get a push on an FCS football team. And I know they stacked the box, and I know he was complimentary of the safeties, but you should have just abused those guys based on sheer size, strength, and talent alone. You didn't. And you're going to do that on Saturday. Yeah, and um, you got a game tape to watch, as you said. Uh, the old adage of the biggest jump is from game one to two. I, I, we'll see if that holds true. I, you know, I, but, but I do think we'll be talking about 200-plus yards of team rushing when all of this is over. I think there will be an emphasis to get that going. That's generally how things work. When something's broke, it gets fixed, uh, and there will be an effort on that this week. Again. And I don't know that it's broke necessarily, but no. um, but I, I think, as Coach said yesterday, I think 105, was 105 yards, they had higher expectations than that. Yeah, and if you don't have a top 10 rushing attack this season, that's fine. I'm more concerned about the point totals and efficiency. They were efficient this past week. They scored seven touchdowns on 12 drives. That's efficiency. 58% of your drives result in scoring. I bet Coach Eno's wants it even better this year. Now, a good chunk of those drives were in great field position. Your average starting field position was on the 36. I don't know if you're going to have this luxury on Saturday, much less in other games this season. But when you were given opportunities, what whether it's running the football or passing the football, take advantage of that. They were able to at points on Saturday. Just hoping to see again more rushing this Saturday. And if you, you know, I don't know if this is a goal of the team, but if 
you want to get Rocket Sanders anywhere close to back to where he was at over 1,400 yards, you got 42 this last week if you're yeah. Rocket. You got you got to get on your horse this week and, and go to – you really need him to go for like 200 if, if stats matter to you. If, if getting him back is – you wouldn't want to see him go backwards on his yards, but, I mean – the number he had up last year is going to be hard to match. Yeah, no, it, particularly it, after a game like this, it is. And that was again, we we talked about padding stats leading into that game. He wasn't able to pad them. You did have some guys that were able to pad stats, some wide receivers and stuff. And for example, Jaden Wilson he had more yards in this past game on that one sixty-eight yard catch than he did all of last season. So you're just hoping to add to it at this point. Yeah, and you, you know they spread out the passing. You know by padding stats, I mean Armstrong caught, caught five balls for uh, for. 78 yards no one 78 then you had um 63 for for wilson or pardon me 83 for wilson um you know no one really uh you know went off because they they spread it around but i think you figured out who the two or three guys that will be your primary targets over the course of the year were in this game yeah and just need some more consistency the rest of the way it's one thing to do it against western carolina it's one thing to do it against kid state how do these guys measure up in the first sec game and we'll see against byu as well which will be a little more difficult opponent i'm curious to see what that line looks like when it comes out the arlington resort hotel and spa has everything you want for your next getaway with the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel the accommodation are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You can save time, eat well, and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle. We are offering a special deal for you. If you head to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50, you can get 50% off. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your options and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals that can be ready in just two minutes. No prep and no mess. Try Factor and you'll still be able to get the flavor and nutritional quality you want and need. Remember, go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50 to get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com slash HTL50. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. 
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So we were talking in the break before you came on. SEC had a bad show in this weekend. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. Florida loses, gets just abused on Thursday night versus Utah. LSU gets torched in the second half by Florida State. Then you uh, you have some, again, teams that are playing South horrible Carolina. programs. South Carolina gets dominated in the second half by Drake May in North Carolina. I'm one of those people. Now, I would have liked to see LSU be undefeated heading into Arkansas, but I'm like you. I don't hold up the conference banner. I'm happy when those teams lose. I love it when they lose. I, I want them to be weak when we play them. I mean, I wish we'd have played Florida. Then I wish we'd have come back that night and played South Carolina. And then I wish we'd have come back Monday and played LSU. I don't, I don't like any of them. Florida's issues, they don't have a quarterback. South Carolina doesn't have an offensive line to block Rattler. Y'all got to be able to get to him at any point this season. They can't and run they, the ball. Yeah, LSU doesn't have a secondary. KJ and Will Rogers, back-to-back weeks, are going to rip that secondary apart, assuming they can block block Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, and Harold Perkins, which is a tall task for any offensive line and offensive coordinator. But if you give KJ and Will Rogers time, they might lose back-to-back games in Starkville and LSU. I mean, I loved it, but here's a little pump the brakes. I mean, at Utah on a Thursday night, that's a tough ask. Even with a good football team, but Florida didn't look good. They didn't look good at all. And uh, well, they did score eleven points. They scored eleven points. South Carolina, I thought, laid the biggest egg. That that's kind of a middle of the road versus middle of the road, and they just they couldn't run the ball. Mm-mm. I mean, they 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 looked terrible. Uh, they're like you said, offensive line, and they couldn't make key stops. They just. They didn't look – if you'd have guessed, you'd have said North Carolina was the SEC team. Well, they lost their two best playmakers, one to Florida State, another kid transferred out as well. So, And they brought in Trey Knox. I know South Carolina fans were happy about that. But Rattler didn't necessarily have the yeah, same talent to throw to as he, he did. He had 353 him. yards passing. I mean, he he had a big passing. They just couldn't run the football. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they broke even running. I mean, it was, it was bad. Yeah. So, we'll see. I picked South Carolina third in the East. I'm a little apprehensive yeah, about that now. That doesn't look as good. I think Kentucky might well, be the third best team. You got two teams in the East. I mean, even if you finish third, what I mean – What's that probably mean, that mean this year? I mean, depending on who you're, who you're music, on crossover music games. City Bowl, is right. that what that is? Right. No. So, I mean, right now it's a two-team race, it appears, in the East. And the, the biggest question in the East is, does Billy Napier survive the season? And if he doesn't, does Deion Sanders end up in Gainesville? <laughs> Those are the biggest questions uh, right I, now around the I East. I wouldn't think he'd end up in Gainesville. Well, well I, it won't be Tallahassee. That, yeah, that job ain't well, getting well, open anytime soon. I don't soon. think a Tallahassee guy's going to Florida. Mm. I wouldn't think so. I don't. Mm. I don't know. We've seen weird things in, in college football and, and, and college sports. There's, I mean, there's alums of one school. You're like, oh, there's no way he'll end up there. Like Kermit Davis, for example, was an alum of Mississippi State and takes the Ole Miss basketball job. That's, and that's I, a little different. 
That's a little I, different. See, here's my thing. I think Dion has enough spite in him when he would take that job just to beat Florida State. And I think that would be crazy. You think about the the impact for college football. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen. I do think Napier's going to get canned. I said that in the summer, either mid-season or after the season. That's not going to work out in, in, in Gainesville. It might happen after the Arkansas game. Arkansas could beat him. I could see them letting him go after that. It happened before but then. It could happen before. They have a bye week, then they play Georgia, then they play Arkansas. I, I do wonder, though, can Colorado keep Dion more than a year? If they go what's, like... What's the deal with Shadur? Can he transfer again? They, he... <laughs> that's, that's the sticky thing. Well, so they changed the rule in the offseason where if your head coach changes, it's not... It doesn't count against your transfer. Technically, his dad, head coach, left Jackson State, <laughs> went to Boulder. Down. Yeah, I don't know, again... The legalities well, behind that, but that at least a rule that was changed in the offseason. So maybe he can now use the one-time D1 transfer rule, or he can just use the rule, my dad's going here, so I get to go here too because there's a coaching change. He did enjoy his press conference, I'll say that. Oh, yeah. He's very uh, – had, had some fun, including myself, who I did not think – I mean, I, I thought they were going to get killed in Fort Worth. And apparently there's a – did you hear the backstory to apparently Kendall Bryles? Tommy, did you hear that backstory on that? Tell me. All right. So here is Deion Sanders oh. yesterday – talking with Pat McAfee about how Shadur Sanders was apparently overlooked by Kendall Bryles. The reason he was so intense and just so relaxed and ready, not only did he study, but when we went to the camp of a certain school and this certain coordinator we just played against, he's an offensive coordinator, he was at that school and we went to this school of camp and he didn't pay him no attention. I don't even think he barely spoke to him. He just pushed him off to the side and I went and told somebody, I said, hey man, that ain't no way to treat him, man. That's not right. And he remembered that. He wanted to be that guy so bad that he just went to work. I don't think that was Kendall Bryles in Fayetteville. I think this is when he was at Florida State. But evidently, Shooter Sanders had something to prove this past Saturday, and he did exactly that. 510 yards. Oh. He lit it up. That Travis Hunter kid, man. I, 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 he had like 120 plays that he played offensively and defensively. It's unbelievable in that game. Well, I just, I think the media reads way too much and to the transfer portal and Keeping these teams intact, and yeah, I thought I thought I thought he got a lot of criticism, and he, he had his day. Yeah. He definitely did. Nebraska this week. We'll see if they get it going. All right, let's get into our Pradco Pyramid of Power. Who are the best football teams in the SEC? SEC! SEC! Let's find out. Perhaps I could be of some assistance. This is the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Well, we talked about a few of the games that maybe change your opinion of a few teams, but. 48 7-56-7, 49-13, 52-10, 73-7, 56-13, 59-14, 44-14. You could just throw the finals in a bucket and pull them out. It didn't really matter this weekend when you look at the teams. I don't really know. Is Ole Miss better or worse than we thought when they beat Mercer 73-7? to You know, is Kentucky? We change our opinion of Kentucky on a 44-14 win over Ball State. Or, or Arkansas even, Western Carolina 56-13. to 13. So a little bit of movement at the top with LSU, but not 
not a lot to judge off in week one. I thought college football swung and missed on the ability to capitalize on the weekend in week one when they had the stage to themselves. Not not enough marquee games for my appetite this weekend. If you beat a team where the majority of people don't know their mascot, it doesn't even matter. All right, so Georgia stays at the top. It's hard to argue. They beat UT Martin 48-7. to uh, Carson Beck, 21 of 31, 294 yards and a touchdown. They got Ball State this week. You so. know UT Martin, what they used to be and what they are now? Nick, their mascot? What is it? They're the Skyhawks. They used to be the Pacers. I didn't know what I knew. Pat, the, the, Pat Summit played there. Alabama is on the second tier, the first team. They beat Middle Tennessee State. I think Bama looked better than maybe people were hoping or better, better than people thought. Jalen Milrow, 13 of 18, 194 yards, three touchdowns passing, seven carries, 48 yards, two touchdowns running. We'll find out all we need to know about Bama. To a degree, Texas was pretty impressive in their win, but uh, Bama and Texas, we'll find out a lot about Texas and Bama both on Saturday night. What's Middle Tennessee State? Uh, the Raiders, aren't they? Blue Raiders. Blue, Blue Raiders. Raiders. Blue Raiders, yeah. All right, so LSU drops off of Tier 2. Tennessee moves up. They may have had the most impressive win because it was an ACC team, and they pounded Virginia. That game got lost in the wash because that was going on the same time Colorado was playing TCU, and I don't think Tennessee probably got the credit for for their outing. 49-13 over Virginia. Joe Milton, 21 of 30, uh, had uh, 200 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Wright, though, might have been more impressive. 12 carries, 115 yards. Tennessee plays Austin P this weekend. 300 yards rushing, only Power 5 conference win for the SEC. All right, so Georgia, Bama, Tennessee, 1-2-3 on the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Down to the bottom tier of the Pradco Pyramid of Power, Texas A&M moves over a slot, and they move into spot number four after beating New Mexico, 52-10. Bobby Petrino did what you thought he would, 277 yards of passing, 134 on the ground for the Aggies. Connor Weigman, 18-23, 236 through the air, five touchdowns. We'll know more when they play Miami this week. I agree with that. All right, LSU, I know everybody wants to write them off. I think Florida State's pretty good. I'm not taking them out of the top five. So LSU drops down two spots to the middle of the bottom of the pyramid of power. And uh, after their loss to Florida State, Jaden Daniels, though, still look at his numbers, 347 on 22 of 37 uh, passing. A touchdown, he did have the interception. 15 carries, 64 yards. This guy's still going to be a lot to deal with. They're still a top five SEC team. And, you know, I heard y'all coming in. Is Clemson still in the playoff hunt? Probably not. LSU probably is, mm-hmm. just based on how good Florida State is. And it was basically a home game. I what mean, happened was- last year? Same thing. Lost to Florida State. End up in the SEC championship game. So, I mean, it's still all in front of them with LSU. Harold Perkins had five tackles in the game. LSU has Grambling this week. I keep Ole Miss at the uh, the kind of the tail end here of the Pradco Pyramid of Power. Ole Miss uh, beat Mercer. 73-7. Mercer nickname? I, Bears. Bears. Yeah. yeah. Bears. Making Georgia. Jackson Dart, 334 yards with 18 of 23. That 18 of 23 kind of number was pretty common around yeah. the league this week. Four touchdowns. Spencer Sanders also got in. Eight, eight of 14, 134. He had two touchdowns. Ole Miss had 524 yards of passing, 143 on the ground. They played Tulane this week. So, Pradco Pyramid of Power, Georgia, Bama, Tennessee, one, two, three, A&M, LSU, Ole Miss, four, five, and six. Right or wrong? I think you hit it. 
I would I would keep that the exact same way. All no, right. no issues with that. Here are the uh, the also rants. The honorable mentions in this order. Arkansas at 7 after beating Western Carolina 56-13. to 13. Auburn moves up, with, in my opinion. I thought Auburn looked good. Auburn I, think, looked good. I think Auburn's going to be in the Pradco Pyramid of Power before it's all over with. They beat UMass 59-14. to 14. They play Cal this that's week. A, that's a bad team, though. UMass is consistently a yeah. bottom 10 team. So Arkansas, then Auburn, Kentucky at 9. South Carolina, I dropped to 10, but you can't drop them too much. I thought North Carolina is a good football team. Mississippi State at 11, Florida down to 12, and I keep Florida at 12 because I still think they're better in Missouri or Vandy at this point. I had them at the bottom. Do you? Yeah. We'll see. They, Vanderbilt uh, beat them last time they played. And yeah. two, Vandy's 2-0. Oh. Yeah. Give, give them a little credit. Vandy beat Alabama A&M 47-10. They play Wake Forest this week. 10 a.m. game. That's a, that's a big game. Ugh. They got to win that to go to a bowl. But listen. If we're splitting hairs between 12, 13, and 14, we got better we got <laughs> better things to do, right? So Georgia, Bama, Tennessee, A&M, LSU, Ole Miss. Yeah, I got no pushback on that. Well, I mean, it was just, I mean, like I said, you throw all those final scores more or less in a hat, and they're all the same, man. I mean, it just, uh, I mean, Missouri only won 35 to 10, but... They won 35 to 10. There was just a lot of 59-14s, 56-13s, 52 to 10s. I don't know how much we really truly learned this week. I guess we'll take last week and this week, put them together, and maybe have a, a more solid opinion after two weeks. We learned those three SEC teams that lost big games aren't ready yet. Did we learn how hard it is to be prepared for a season opener? That having Western Carolina or having Ball State or having you know McNeese or somebody that well is that better scheduling than what South Carolina, Florida, and Clemson had bad LSU scheduling? Did? You go to Duke after a nine-win season. That's why you don't play big conference games for your opener. Yeah, but you know what it was? It was bad TV too this weekend. It was just it was just well, a bad watch. But but you know the the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. And even the Thursday night game, th- those were interesting to watch. Yeah, but Saturday's, you know, Saturday's the day. Yeah, I mean, and there were very few. I mean, if Colorado, think if Colorado and TCU had not lived up to the hype. And I don't know how much hype there really was, but think if that game didn't turn out the way it was. What are you talking about coming out of Saturday? Maybe Tennessee. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about after that. I don't know. There's no other story. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and hot barbecue sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
So Coach was having some fun yesterday in his press conference. Talked with the media a little over 20 minutes. For those that don't know, Nate Allen sends in questions. Longtime sports writer here in the state that uh, he gets Coach to, to read and, and just get some answers for. And, and Coach got one of the questions and started to read it. And then uh, in the middle of when he's reading it, he had this to say. You know, you could write anything down here. I feel like the anchor man. I'm getting ready to read something. You know, I'm Ron Burgundy. You know, but there's nothing on here, right? I'm good. Is Anchorman the most quotable movie of all time? No, oh, I don't know if it's the most, but it, it. I think in our industry we gravitate to that. I, I still think Caddyshack's probably more quotable as far as one-liners. I don't know. There's a lot of good ones out there. A lot of good ones out yeah. there. Nate, Nate's recovering and has has had. Um, you know, uh, some surgery, some for some oral procedures, and he's he's not able to 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 speak his questions. So he writes those down in case uh, you didn't know why Nate was doing that. Yeah. So it was uh, that was just a funny interaction and moment yesterday. I don't know. I think I think Nate's been around longer than the dirt up there. He no one probably has covered more of this university and this program than Nate Allen. Yeah. So. You're not kidding. So coach had some fun. He also got into some questions that people want to know. Hey, what's the status of, of Keon Stewart who was arrested this past Friday for speeding? He touched on that. He's got five events that he needs to go to community service wise and things of that nature. Obviously he wasn't at the game. We suspended him for Saturday's game, but he's back. He's back now and he's got a few things to complete, but he's back on the team. Now, he, he wasn't doing 75 at a 65 exactly I mean what was it 56 miles an hour over the speed limit Hundred, I think it was 126 I don't have the the report from whole hogs I'm not sure my car will go that fast yeah which is probably a good thing yeah so hopefully whatever it is I had to do I don't even drive drunk but I had to do mothers against drunk driving when I, after I got that MIP in college that was legitimately the the worst thing of any community service or whatever I've had to go through for any point it was awful. I, mm. I am in the so same... So did you learn your lesson? Yes, I did learn my lesson. Mm-hmm. I was in the class... I think that's the point. Okay. I was in the classroom and I like you get up on stage and you tell people your story or whatever and it's like, yeah, this is my sixth DWI. Or I'm just sitting here. It's like, I had a few beers and some whiskey in my dorm room and I'm hearing these, oh, this is my seventh DWI. I got popped. I ran yeah. into a light pole or whatever. I'm just like, I'm just sitting here. It's like, why am I having to go through this? wasn't drinking and driving. Because you broke the law. They, what they said, and I quote, it was, well, if you're going to drink underage, then you're more likely yeah. to drink and drive, which I don't see any indication They were just whatsoever. trying to keep you not from being around that light pole. It, it didn't help, apparently. Well, it, in terms of light pole, yeah. it did help. But for whatever he's having to go through, hopefully Keon does that. And again, he's back with the team to help out with some cornerback. Don't and, drive 120. Yeah. That's, 100, that's the message. Yeah, that's the, the point on that. Jalen Braxton, again, I don't know, we are talking with Chuck a little bit about this yesterday, I don't know what the, the depth chart looks like in terms of the rotation, but I'm assuming that Keon will play a, a little bit on Saturday, especially if they blow out Kent State like I expect them to. Looked on the bet, Saracen, but the line shifted a little bit. 37.5 point favorites is what Arkansas is on the Bet Saracen app. I don't know if they're going to cover that, but just so you know, that's three more points you're favored against Kent State than you were against Western Carolina this past Saturday. So who's the better team, Western Carolina or Kent State? I guess we'll find out Saturday, but uh, Kent State did not have a good showing against UCF, and I don't know if you know you can take those transitive properties. Does Arkansas beat Kent State worse than UCF beat them. Does that make you better than UCF? I don't know. I don't buy into all that. 
here's what I do believe. Arkansas will run the football better this week. They'll, uh, they'll probably put up similar amount of points, upper 40s, around 50. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you get a special team score. The offense, 12 possessions this past week. If you get the same, you know, scoring on seven times out of 12 possessions, a pretty good clip. I mean, I'll take 49 points most week and take my chances, even against some of these SEC teams. I don't think they can repeat that, but, you know, point is, I don't know that they'll do much better than that offensively this week. I could see a scenario where they are up by five touchdowns and then Cam Little hits a field goal with, like, two minutes to go or something like that to give you the cover at the tail end. I'm not going to bet that Arkansas covers this game. I was wrong last time, but I don't – I mean, again, five touchdowns and a field goal is a lot of points. Now, again – this team got obliterated by Gus Malzahn and UCF this past Saturday. Maybe they'll show a little more in Fayetteville. I don't know if I'm necessarily expecting that. I hope this team doesn't take them lightly. But there is a reason you're a five-touchdown and a field goal favorite heading into this game, basically. 38-point lines are uh, probably ones you should find find a different play this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey call 888 Sparky. Tommy, I, I have this question to ask you. It's telephone Tuesday apparently. When is the correct age to get your kid a cell phone? I got mine in the 7th grade. See, it's a, it's different today versus when even even when you were. I mean, how long ago has that been now? Is that fifteen six, years? Six years ago, you were in the seventh grade. Uh, something like something that. like that. I mean, now, my you know my son who's in eighth grade, his phone is required so that the school can communicate with him about hey when's football practice and updates. I mean, I think anymore you're I think about 7th grade anymore because there's things at school and as a parent that Life 360 thing where you can kind of find and keep up with your kids, communication. I mean, as your kids get a little more mobile and moving around and mobile. out with friends and going to school functions, you'll find it's uh, as easy on you, the parent, as it is for the kids' convenience. Now, is it kind of like a first car where you get them a beater? You get them a, a lesser version of what oh, you I have? I think or? that would work. No, they got to have a, the, the latest, greatest iPhone, of course. Yeah. I My first one, I think it was a Motorola Razor, which back in the day was pretty cool. But I have since then gotten like some gotten the iPhone. I've done the route. I have friends that have Androids. I've just never, never. Have you ever had an Android? Nope. Always been the Apple. I don't know if that's... Well, I, I say that, but, you know, we had whatever we had before Apple. I, I probably didn't have the the iPhone when it first came out, but I haven't had anything other than an iPhone. In fact, when I see the this in group text or whatever, and they, or just a text, and if it turns green, you know, that's just... So you don't like people like that. It, it, it makes group texting very difficult. Yeah. Well, it's it's easier to add people with iMessage yes. and whatnot. I don't I don't really care. Some people are turned off by that point, but I'm a conformist and I've conformed to the iPhone. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I have a iPhone like most other people at this point. Yeah. And uh, how often do you upgrade your phone? Until my like th- every three years. Yeah, that's about where I'm at. I mean, if it works, why change? Well, it's like my car. I, I, I mean, anymore you got it takes three years to pay off the phone. Yeah, I'm gonna drive. Stupid it. things are a thousand dollars. I'm anymore. gonna drive that Toyota Camry another hundred thousand yeah. miles. Now all my buddies with Androids are texting me. Well, get a get a better phone, Bo. Get a better phone. So uh, do that. 
Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go for more or less than their Prize Picks projection. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Find out all about it at prizepicks.com slash HTL and use code HTL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash HTL and use the code HTL for that first deposit match of up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So I've got one former Razorback on my fantasy football team, Hunter Henry. They're playing the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend in Gillette Stadium. Christian, who are some other Razorbacks set to go this weekend in our Pro Hog update? Well, there's seven in total, and you just named one of them. Hunter Henry will play against the Eagles on Sunday. His teammate Dietrich Wise Jr., who plays edge rusher for the Patriots, is also projected to start. And then you got Frank Ragnall playing center for the Lions, who we know they play the Chiefs on Thursday night, the first game of the season. Yelda Froholt is actually slated to start against the Commanders. He's on the Cardinals, and he plays center for them. Dre Greenlaw, who has emerged as a great defensive player for the 49ers, is projected to start at linebacker versus the Steelers on Sunday. And then Traylon Burks, who was battling a little bit of an injury, is slated to start for the Titans against the Saints on Sunday. And then you got Cameron Curl, who plays safety for the Commanders, and they will be taking on the Cardinals. So seven Razorbacks on the made the 53s, huh? Do we do it, do we, and you may not have this, so I, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Anyone else that made practice squads that didn't make the 53? Yeah, there's several. I mean, it's it's on that list. There's several guys on practice squads. Those are the guys, that, again, like you were saying, that are starting. Right. Uh, Drew Sanders, I would guess, would be another guy that maybe not start, but he's going to play this weekend. Broncos, I can't remember who they're they're playing there. I mean, yeah, Jerry Jacobs is another guy. Um, Monteric Brown, I think. There, there's several guys that were either, like, 
on practice squads, on rosters. U of A's got him on the website as well. I think Ricky Stromberger is another guy that could potentially play at some point. So there's a lot. There's a good chunk of racing backs mm-hmm. this year. You were just mentioned Dre Greenlaw got rated as a top 100 NFL player. Him and Fred Warner probably make the best linebacker corpse in the National Football League. We'll see how Hunter does again for the New England Patriots. Some of the offensive linemen that we talked about. Frank Ragnow is one of the better offensive linemen. Excited about him. I didn't know that Froholt was on the Cardinals at this point. They're going to be terrible. Maybe he'll yeah. be a bright spot for them. But good number of Razorbacks set to suit up this weekend. Yeah, and I mean, you just think about the three sports. I mean, baseball's always been the one that's maybe had the most, you, you thought. But then you look at the NFL and that list, and the NBA may be the longest list, and particularly when you – you kind of put it in relation to the size of your college roster. Um, when we do this pro hog update, it's you know it's going to be active in all three sports. Yeah, Burks is going to be a weapon this year as he was last year. He's going to get some help. They added DeAndre Hopkins in the off season, so they're not going to be able to key in on him as much. Or excuse me, the Titans should be looking to him with Tannehill and company. I think that's going to be a fun team to watch at points this year. I think another guy that we haven't mentioned at this point is Trey Flowers. He, alongside with Hunter Henry and Dietrich Wise Jr., is a New England Patriot, another guy that could have some impact this weekend. To the phone lines, the McClarty Daniel Hotline, where we welcome in our friend Tom Murphy. Now, let's talk to Tom Murphy on the Morning Rush. Tom, we'll stay within the NFL for a sec. How you feeling about your Atlanta Falcons hosting Bryce Young and the Panthers this weekend? We got a chance. Um, I, I have not studied it a whole lot, but uh, I think the Panthers will probably be a little better. I've seen people project us to win, but not going to be a super strong division, it doesn't look like. No, I don't think so either. But NFL this weekend gets going again on Thursday night. One Arkansas Razorback again, Frank, now, Frank Ragnow, will be playing in that season opener. Tom, College football, of course, happened this weekend. A lot of week one storylines. Stay within the the Arkansas Razorbacks. We've seen K.J. Jefferson improve from his starting year in 2021. We saw improvement last year. Some injuries kind of derailed that. What did you notice about K.J.'s performance in week one under Dan Enos? Well, I think if you can can count up, like, the missed throws on one hand – you're doing pretty good. I, I, I know there was a post route for Andrew Armstrong that was low, and he came back and hit him on a post later. Um, one, he led Andrew Armstrong out of bounds, which you know could have been partly a receiver deal. You know, he caught it, but he, it was his first incompletion. He was heading the Western Carolina sideline, and you know, and then just three more. So uh, he had a good day. Um, he made a great read on the RPO with Dominic Johnson, in which a dude was tackling Dominic as K.J. was trying to pull the ball out, and he scored the touchdown on it. So they didn't want to run K.J. much. And as Sam Pittman pointed out yesterday, it, it was as if Western Carolina kind of knew that and came after the backs more. And also, um, you know, they schemed up to stop the run. And so there wasn't a lot of cutback lanes or whatever for Rocket Sanders and the rest of the backs. But uh, otherwise, I think KJ had a, a pretty strong debut. I know that there were questions asked of Coach yesterday at the offense and defensive line. He talked about, hey, I wish we'd gotten a bigger push. Also spoke, and I'm paraphrasing, reckons more havoc on the defensive line. What did you think about those guys' first performance in game one? Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, he thought D-line D guys would flash a little bit more. And when you think about it, I think Torian Carter had a sack. And um, I'm not remembering the other sack. Landon Jackson. Were two, yeah, Jackson had a sack. 
but you kind of felt like, and they got the ball out very quickly, so it's harder to get a sack, obviously, um, in that case. But, um, you know, they bottled up the run pretty well. Jaheim Thomas had a good job, did a good job at linebacker on the second level. But um, I think their depth will, you know, will begin to show. Hopefully they'll get Deshaun Stewart back, and, you know, they'll be a really deep D-line. Um, other side, he's right. Um, not a lot of push in the run game. And uh, and part of that, he seemed to point out yesterday, was if you just kind of follow what the track is if you're the back and not just not kind of wait for cutbacks or whatever, just go through the track and then burst through, um, maybe they could have had more, you know, four, five, six-yard runs as opposed to some of those one and twos that they had. But, look, man, you got to give kudos to Western Carolina. They wanted to make K.J. throw the ball to beat them, and that's what Arkansas did. Yeah. So is this a week where the emphasis will be put on the run game and when we meet again uh, on next uh, Tuesday morning, we talk about a 200-and-some-odd-yard 270-yard team rushing effort is it, it, will that be the game plan this week, or do you think they'll they'll pretty much take what the defense gave them, like they did against Western Carolina? Well, to win your games, you're going to do what the defense allows you to do mostly. But I, I also think they'll probably push the point a little bit because you want to build confidence in your your linemen. You get Brady Latham back, and maybe that adds a little bit more cohesiveness. You know, veteran, you know, helping with the other guys. Uh, but they they got to make sure those tackles. You know, how many times do we talk about offensive tackles in camp? And in this game, you know, they they did well in the pass game. Um, but in the run game, those guys and some of the others did not. As Sam Pittman put it yesterday, they had two-on-ones that they didn't take advantage of. And if you've if you got a double team and you're not clearing out, then, yeah, you, you did not get enough push. So uh, I do believe that they'll kind of force the issue – uh, not to the point where they're just knocking their head against the wall, but I do think they'll try to really establish the run game more than they did last week. Yeah, because you know they had what eight different Razorbacks carry the football, and they showed some depth in that area. And as the game went on, they, as the heat built in the afternoon, I thought Arkansas wore down Western Carolina. But it just—I guess—it took longer than than most thought against a FCS opponent to break the will and to win the battle at the line of scrimmage, which eventually Arkansas did do. I agree with you, and you know AJ Green had some decent runs in the second half. Isaiah uh, Augustov had uh, a series; I think it was four consecutive runs, and you could just kind of see that's more what they were wanting—five yards or so a pop—and and you know drag some guys with him. I mean, so I tell you, that kid's got promise, and you know Rocket Sanders has got something with his uh, left knee leg, and he was on the side yesterday. So I don't know if they'll risk him against Kent State. We'll have to kind of see how that plays out this week. But you could see, you know, if Rashad DeBinion's back isn't ready, you could see an A.J. Green, Dominic Johnson, Isaiah Augustov combo in this game. And that's where Arkansas's depth comes into play. I mean, that's why, you know, Jimmy Smith, heralded as a great recruiter, keeping his room together. A game like this could be one that pays off that you've done that. Talking with Tom Murphy on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. He's with Whole Hog Sports and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Tom, you mentioned, again, you were really impressed with Isaiah Gustav. And then I wonder your first impression of what Arkansas did on special teams with Isaiah Satania, Max Fletcher, and just what you saw from that unit on Saturday. Well, Fletcher punted the way I think they believed he would to start last year. Uh, maybe he was just under pressure, and I don't know what it 
causes a punter to not really get all the ball. But his first five games, he got the chance last year, and he just didn't deliver. I mean, his average is in the high 30s. Well, his average is 49-something now, and he, he hit some boomers, and he hit a couple inside the 20. That's what they thought they would get with him. And so maybe – and I know he's got more in his arsenal. I think they've got some rugby-style stuff. Um, and, and I think one of the more disappointing aspects last year was pinning inside the 20. He'd have the chance punting from, like, the 45, and, you know, the ball would wind up on the 21 or, or you know, when, when it needs to be inside the five, that kind of thing. And I think he's got a little bit more pinpoint – um, trajectory of the ball, nose down stuff that you can check back um, in his arsenal. Um, Cam Little didn't get a chance with a field goal. There was one chance where it looked like he might, but they converted and I think it converted a fourth down and went down and scored. Uh, Satania, you know, he had a huge return from five yards deep that, had, that came back on a penalty. And you just hate that. But he showed the kind of electrifying promise that they felt he would give them. And uh, it's a breath of breath of fresh air. I don't. I'm not sure if Bryce Stevens got much playing time. So uh, want to see him. I want to see him uh, pick it up and, and get in that receiver mix. You mentioned a penalty during Isaiah's return. Penalties were once again an issue on Saturday. Last year they ranked outside the top 70. Two years ago they ranked outside the top 100. What do you think Sam Pittman has to say to his staff and his guys to kind of maybe bring that those numbers down a little bit? Yeah, so many times penalties are just a, a quick mental mistake um, at the line of scrimmage, you know, a false start or whatever, um, or you grab a guy and when you're a DB. Um, I do notice in camps and, and during springs they're really grabby, and then, and then I think they have to tone it down when they get into the season. But I, I don't know what you say other than just be more cognizant of it. Um, they sent in several plays, and Sam Pittman did not go into detail about which they did. But, you know, I thought Paul's targeting looked like he lowered his head to me. I still have not seen a replay of Quincy Rose's targeting to see what happened there. But, um, you know, otherwise, I wouldn't say it was an acceptable amount of penalties, but it, it's they, they got some good teaching points out of it. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up Quincy Rose. Tom Murphy with us on the McLarty-Daniel hotline. Stadium Mike, for those watching on TV, did not work with the referee, so the communication was not there. The announcer kind of cleared it up, but let's go over that again because he was injured. There was a break if you were watching on TV. They came back from the targeting, and am I right about this? They they ruled there was no targeting on the play, or what? What exactly unfolded as as uh, as he left the field from that injury? I am absolutely not sure if targeting <laughs> was upheld. I think it was upheld, but I. I don't want to, you know, go on the record with that. I'm just not sure. Yeah. Maybe that was one they sent in. I was looking at the play, but not through my binoculars, and I, I still don't know what happened. Um, I don't, I don't know who tackled yeah. him. I don't know, I don't know where Quincy, Quincy Rhodes' helmet was or anything. Yeah, and like that, the the replay was was non-existent more or less if you were uh, watching at home. All right, is it a reasonable question to ask which team's better, Western Carolina or Kent State? Is is this an upgrade? I know you're going from FCS to FBS. I look at wagering lines, and it's a 38-point game this week versus 34 mm. last week. I don't know if that's necessarily the way to equate opponents, but which will be the tougher test? Week one against Western Carolina or Kent State, who got hammered by UCF in their opener? Right. It's um, difficult for me to predict which one will be tougher. I mean, I've got to assume that Kent State will be better, but here's their deal. They replaced everybody on offense. They have five new offensive linemen. They have a freshman center. There's a lot of things that you can, quote, exploit. 
uh, I mean, you're, you've got Arkansas fifth-year senior defensive tackles. There's so many seniors on that front. They're going to be going after this O-line. And when your coach says they should have flashed more, you know they're going to be hungry against Kent State. Um, even though they've got a decent quarterback um, and a good running back, uh, I just feel like the 38 points sounds like a decent spread to me. Um, and then there's just there's a lot more features to this Arkansas team that it's going to be fun to keep studying. Um, I find myself, since I track play-by-play, I don't get to see or don't feel like I get to see a lot of the personnel changes and um, and the depth that they use. For instance, Nudie McLaughlin got a pick, but I'm not sure. He didn't play a whole lot. I think they really wanted to see what Jalen Braxton and Jaheim Singletary brought to the table. Um, Singletary was on the sideline yesterday, so we'll see about his status for this coming week. Uh, we may get to see some Ladarius Bishop again. So, um, to me, there's a there's still a lot of neat facets. You know how deep they can go at receiver. Will Will Davion Dozier and Dazzin Jane will they really, you know, not redshirt and play a lot? Um, these are all things to be told. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.